Uh, we're, in, uh, we're doing a series on Ephesians chapter 4, so we'll be working through verses 17 right through to chapter 5, verse 20. That's a lot, a big chunk, chunk of scripture, so get comfortable. Uh, as a child, uh, Dad didn't have a car, foreman bricklayer, no car. So the Draycots, we walked everywhere. We, we really did. We, we were actually renowned in the community for being that family that walked everywhere. We walked to school, we walked to church. Even that song, you know that song, These boots are made for walking. Yeah, we thought that was about us. We really did. Uh, Ephesians is a book about walking, uh, amongst other things. Uh, the Greek word is peripateo. Uh, which is hard, harder to see in our NIV translations, but it comes up a lot. And sometimes the word is translated to live or to conduct yourself, but be sure it is there, uh, threaded through this wonderful book. So take, for example, if you were to flick back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it might read, As for you, you are dead in your sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of the disobedient. Or Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 might read, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Or Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, we were here last week, uh, quite literally it might read, Therefore... Uh, a prisoner of the Lord, uh, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And today, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, uh, our very first verse. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their thinking. It, see, it mentions walking a lot, doesn't it? It's all through. So how are we to walk? Well, here's the first thing. Uh, and some of you will love this. We're to walk like we have a new wardrobe. Okay? We're to walk like we have a new wardrobe. And what does that look like? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't look like. Verse 17. I tell you and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. That's think pagans, think non-believers in the futility of their thinking. Uh, they are darkened in their understanding. They're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Wow. They've moved from being Gentiles and uh, unbelievers, non-believers. They had been idol-worshipping pagans, but no more. But see, as you look at those words in verses 18 to 19, it starts in the heart, doesn't it? This disposition. And then it leads to ignorance and a darkened understanding. So now we're talking about the mind. And next, what's the result? It's alienation from God until they give themselves to things like licentiousness, which is, you know, being sexually loose or greed, or impurity. And all these things are about me and my wants, my, the meism of the world today. And Paul is saying, you don't have that in your wardrobe. 
It's very unfashionable for the body of Christ. These clothes don't belong. Take them out and burn them. What starts in the heart and mind moves to reckless activity. Wrong actions are the result of wrong thinking and having a wrong heart towards God. When a prisoner serves their sentence, uh, I, I guess they wear prison greens, don't they? But when they're released, when their sentence is served, they step out of their prison clothes and they put on new clothes. New clothes that speak of a new status where the price has been paid because they served the sentence and now they have a new freedom. But see now, as we think about this wardrobe, the transformation that takes place in verse 20. See the contrast when one comes to Christ. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. See, we're thinking again. Verse 21, when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. These are great words. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, uh, their shame, their disgrace and their nakedness was covered by clothes to a degree. And when we come to terms with the truth about Jesus, verse 20, when we learn about him, verse 21, when we hear about him, verse 21, when we're taught the truth about Jesus, see it's all the substance is Jesus, when we put our faith in him, we move from the guilty to the not guilty. Once we're prisoners of sin, we used to walk in the ways of the world, pagan, impure, dead and enslaved, but now in Christ, we're told our sentence has been served, that Christ has paid it in full, and now he is not just our saviour, he is our Lord. We gain a new status and a new freedom to serve Christ as Lord. And so don't we take off the old prison clothes that belong to the old self, the old way of life. Don't we put on the new? New clothes that speak of a new relationship, a new status, a new life. It's better than any fashion sale at the Premier store, I tell you. We are a new creation. We have an entire new life. That's the, that's the picture. This is nothing less than putting off the old humanity the old rotten garment and putting on a new one that's clean and recreated in God's image. And verse 24 tells us that, doesn't it? To put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Note very carefully, simply taking off a prison uniform doesn't make one free from jail, does it? 
I don't know if anyone's tried that, but it's not going to work. It is God who first sets us free through Jesus. It is God's saving work that we've read about in the first three chapters of Ephesians that make that clear. And in response to his grace, the appropriate call for Christians, for Christ's church, is is to walk differently to the world, but more to live this new life that's in Christ and with Christ and through Christ. Romans chapter 13 verse 14 invites us to clothe ourselves with Christ himself. We're to saturate ourselves with the knowledge and truth about Jesus and his precious gospel. And so the massive implication for us is that being a Christian, becoming a Christian, means radical change. It means that we're a recreation. It involves a repudiation of our old self and our old values and our pride and our sin and our arrogance and our pig-headedness. And it's to turn away from all of that and instead find humility and embracing Jesus as Lord. Gone is the mesem. That's the idea. Gone are the old clothes. I mean, you wouldn't be caught dead down the street in your old clothes, would you? You wouldn't be caught dead down the street in prison greens. You'd get arrested. But there are more descriptions of these old clothes and maybe they bear thinking about for us. Verse 25. Paul is relentless. Therefore, each of you must put off. Here are the old clothes. You've got your head in the wardrobe. Can you smell the mothballs? You've got to put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I mean, there's a lot here, isn't there? See the contrast between giving the devil a foothold and grieving the Holy Spirit. There's spiritual activity going on here. See the falsehood, the anger, the stealing, the unwholesome talk, the bitterness, the rage, uh, slander, malice. Uh, If they're in our wardrobe, Paul is saying you've got to chuck them out. They look rubbish on a Christian, these things. And they don't suit us at all. These are like prison clothes. And Paul wants us to get rid of them. They'd be seen dead in them. Uh, And what are we to be instead? Well, the new clothes look like speaking truthfully to our neighbour. And why do we do that? Verse 25. Because we're all members of the one body. 
It's pretty simple. Don't tell lies. Tell the truth. We're to be peacemakers and peace seekers, seeking it even before the sun goes down. That's how important peace is. We're to be people that make an honourable living by work and not theft. We're to do useful things with our hands for the benefit of everybody. And see the end of verse 28, so that we have, may have something to share with those in need. Here's the picture of the church. When we speak, instead of ripping people down, the encouragement is, the command is to use words to build up according to their needs. Words that benefit people. And so sometimes we really do need to stop and think before we shoot our mouth off and ask, is what I'm going to say going to benefit this person? In church, down the street, at Rotary, at men's brekkies, at men's shed, morning tea, during Bible study, in meetings, will my words build up and encourage or will they tear down? Will my words serve the gospel well? Kindness, compassion, forgiveness are clothes that the Christian wears. Where we're willing to forgive because we understand in Christ God forgave us. And if we don't get that, then we don't get the gospel. And if we don't understand this concept of forgiveness, we don't get Jesus. So how's your wardrobe looking? The encouragement is to step out of the old, those old rotten clothes of humanity, and put on the new. That, and that's one way in which we are to walk, in new clothes. Clothes of Christ himself and his righteousness as he lives in us by his spirit. Here's the second thing. Second thing is where to walk in love. Look at verse 2. Uh, verse 2. And walk in love. It is quite literally walk in your translation. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So this is how we're to walk. Not only with new clothes, but part of these new clothes is to walk in love. Uh, this isn't romantic, fluffy Hollywood love. This is love as Christ loved us. And how did Christ love us? Well, it tells us right there. He gave himself up for us. He put others first as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, the kind of love that Jesus offers is selfless love, sacrificial love. He laid his life down. He put aside his rights, his needs, his status as divine royalty. He put others first as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so there's no space for self-interest here. All that's characterised the old nature, it's gone. Here is Jesus prepared to pay the price. Such is his love. And if we understand the love Jesus has for us, the question we might ask this morning is, if we understand the great cost and the lengths Jesus went to, our question might be, what might we be willing to forego for the sake of the gospel? Is there anything? 
If Jesus went to these lengths through his death on the cross, well, how might that shape my prayer life? What I think about and what I pray about? Is there anything that we would not do for the sake of the gospel? If love is really takes this shape and is characterised by these things, is, is there really anything we wouldn't do? If love is really like this, is there anything that we wouldn't pray for the cause of the gospel? If love really is like this. As we walk the Christian life of love, here's the third thing. We're to walk as children of the light. Uh, we remember who God is and what he is like. Verse 1, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly, dearly, dearly loved children, dot, 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 and walk in, uh, walk in love just as Christ loved and gave himself up. In this walk, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Verse 3, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Uh, these are contrary to real love, uh, godly love, Christ-like love. Uh, such impurity, such greed and lewdness has no place amongst the people of God. Pretty plain, isn't it? Verse 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. It's pretty strong, isn't it? This is saying that our eternity is at stake. Uh, they are things of darkness. These are things that are unfitting and inappropriate and seem to cancel us from any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So if these old dirty clothes exist in your wardrobe, if there's even a hint of this in your life, the great strident encouragement of the Apostle Paul is to get rid of it, to burn it. Verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. See, we're walking with the right clothes on. We're to walk as Jesus did in love. And now we're here we are to walk as children of the light. Uh, walking in the light is very different to walking in the dark, isn't it? Walking in the dark, um, a lifestyle of darkness is shameful. And it needs to be hidden. But a lifestyle of light abounds in goodness and righteousness. It has nothing to hide and is happy to be seen by all. In other words, there ought to be no actions, motives or secret fantasies that we prefer others not to know about. 
It's an interesting test, isn't it, as we think about darkness and light? Uh, let me try a few. Uh, see, it might be as simple as asking, would you watch that movie if you knew your entire Bible study was going to watch it with you? Uh, sometimes Tanya asks me that. It's a good question. And you go, oh, probably not. Would you read that book aloud you're reading at the moment for all your family to hear at the dinner table? Would you? Would you, would you say those things about someone if you knew that person would hear them? Would you really consume that much alcohol if you knew someone was really going to need your help and need you at your best in the next five minutes? Would you? You probably wouldn't. Would you? Maybe you would. Those in Christ live a life so full of righteousness that they are happy to be seen in the light. Such is their life. Walk with the right clothes on. Walk as Jesus did in love. Walk as children of the light in purity and righteousness and truth. We are to walk like this. Verse 15. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Debauchery means like animal-like behaviour. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, what is the driving influence that should affect us? It's not booze. It's not grog. It's not any of that. It's uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are to live as people, uh, not... Uh, we are to live as people who are influenced not by alcohol, which leads to depression and infinite sadness and compounded brokenness. Instead, positively, we are to be people that are filled with the Spirit. Uh, what does that look like? We're to speak to one another with psalms, with hymns and songs from the Spirit. We're to sing and make music from our heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, for the, uh, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.